Hey, I'm Emily. I'm Kate. I'm Lydia. And I'm Maddie. And, and this, this is, is Following Leyline, a podcast, an invitation to explore the world through music. Welcome back. This is episode five of Following Leyline. And today we're going to dive into our song Ciranda, which is a folk song from Brazil. And we went on a pretty crazy adventure to track down the origins of the song. So Ciranda is just another one of the many, many amazing and beautifully culturally rich traditions from Northeast Brazil, um, which is kind of considered to be like from the state of Bahia up to the north of Brazil. It's mostly sung by women on the beach, so they're just kind of choral arrangements around the ocean and Yamanja, which is the deity of the ocean. And traditionally the instruments are a caixa, which is like a snare drum, um, maybe pandeiro, It originated on the beaches. It's a song that was done by working people, by fishermen, and it goes along with this circle dance. It's like a people's dance. And it's a sweet community experience where it might start with a small group of people dancing and then slowly more people will join in and the circle gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, I think the circular part of it is like that common denominator that you see in so many different cultures. And that is um, makes it really communal because it's about dancing together. It's about moving in unison and, and singing in unison and, um, and just kind of stirring up that energy. So if you can imagine, um, you know, fishermen out at sea and all of the people of the community kind of calling back the fishermen and calling in the energy of the ocean and... And, um, and all of the, the bounty that is about to be provided and just really celebrating that and, and honoring that. Wait, Emily, will you explain the origin of the song? Yeah, I mean, if, I, if I'm going to go back to, like, when I learned this song, um, actually, the very first time I ever heard it was when I got back from Brazil in 2013. And within two days of getting back, I connected with a friend of mine from childhood. And she was playing music with a group of people in a group called Origins, which was a community group here in Austin that was started by a Paulista a guy from Sao Paulo named Fabio, and he would invite everybody to meet at Peace Park once a week, and we would rehearse all different kinds of Brazilian music. So it was from, from maracatu to coco and, um, and ciranda. I just immediately felt so at home because after getting back from this trip through Brazil, I was like, wow, this is so fortunate, it feels like, to have come across this group of people that love playing Brazilian music and... I have this amazing opportunity to learn all of these songs. And so that was the first time I heard this 
Siranda y Frevo. And for the following years, it was kind of like a big mystery trying to figure out what the title of the song was and where it came from and who sang it originally. Um, but I did meet somebody that was very excited about this song at one moment. So in 2014, this was Kate and I's second trip to Brazil. I decided that I would be going on my on my own up to the Northeast to, to visit this place where a lot of this music that really inspires me comes from. And um, and I had one week to be in Olinda, and I ended up staying with this woman that we all met actually on tour, Daisy. And she was like just my fairy godmother of Brazil and of Olinda in particular. She lived like in the heart of Olinda and she loves folklore music. And so when I told her about the song Ciranda and that I really wanted to go to Praia do Janga, which is the, the place where the song was written. And I really just wanted to go to the beach and see what it was like. And I didn't know, you know, what it what. I might find, but um, turned out to be kind of like a bunch of cars with really loud, like, uh, you know, reggaeton music, and it was just like a pretty ridiculous situation, but I had my little ukulele, and we were walking down the beach, and we were like, let's get a coconut, and we drink a coconut, and this guy all of a sudden comes up, and he's like, really engaging and really excited to meet us and he's like play a song on the ukulele play a song on the ukulele so i get it out and i start playing and i'm like well i guess i need to play this siranda y frevo and i start singing the song and he's just like oh my god i know where that song comes from i live next door to the woman who was married to capiba the man who wrote the words to that song and he just really wanted me to come and meet her and get a little closer to the roots of where the song was born. And um, unfortunately, I never made it. But it felt like such a signature moment of kind of discovering the song and where it comes from and, and being part of, even if it was distant, part of the community where, where the song came from. And so that's kind of the story of, of discovering Praia do Janga. So Emily taught us all this song when we became a band, and we brought it with us to Brazil. And we played it for people all over the country. And at the end of the trip, when Kate went back to Sao Paulo and the tour ended, me, Maddie, Emily, and some American friends and some Brazilian friends decided to go on a trip to this really epic island. And part of the reason we wanted to go was to find one of the most famous singers of Siranda. Her name is Leah Giitamaraka, and she's known all over the country for her Sirandas, these songs that she's written. wanted to go in the time before that I was in the Northeast. I didn't have a chance to go. But you knew that it was this kind of epic place and you knew about Leah and that it was a very important island in the story of Siranda. I definitely knew 
many songs that Leah Jita Maraca had sang, and we sang them with Origins, actually, a few a few of her songs. So, yeah, the I mean, the journey was to to meet this legend in the tradition, and um, turned out to be kind of funny. <laughs> so we went to this island, and a lot of other cool things happened while on the island. Specifically, there was this beach that we went to, and the waves came at a V and then would make like an X in the ocean of like all of these waves meeting and dispersing and it was so cool but after we went and checked out that beach maybe we asked people where this woman lived and we ended up going to the house because she almost took on this like elusive nature because it was like everybody we would ask was like oh, she was just here at the beach, like right here with us, like sitting here and hanging out. And we were like, oh, what? <laughs> now we have to go hunt her down. And there was maybe five of us and we kept being like, I don't know, I feel like there's too many of us. Like Five it's Americans also. Yeah, five Americans, some of whom like didn't speak Portuguese at all. And it just felt kind of, it felt like a lot. We knocked on the door and, and Emily introduced herself and said, I'm a really big fan. I'm really excited to meet you. And she just goes, oh. Well, she's probably, what, a six-foot, you know, Afro-Brazilian woman. She's incredibly powerful. And she was essentially just not, she was not interested at all, which was fine. I think that it was a great story in the sense that at one moment, Lia Jita Maraca stood right in front of us. That was really cool. <laughs> Maddie, tell us about the poetry that you wrote. I kind of think that... No, you know what? I think it was the day that we got to Florianopolis. Because we got there and Victor surprised us with a whole fish. <laughs> Lots of fish. Lots of fish. So we went to Brazil all together. My husband's from Brazil. So um, we went back to go visit his family. And the band came and, and we made this tour out of it and um like the first week into the tour when I had separated from him he came and and surprised us at his friend's place in Florianopolis and brought us um a, like 10 different types of fish and we just ate and were merry but yeah go ahead and it was amazing because wasn't it didn't we show up on a bus that day no no the van broke down while we were driving into Florianopolis it was like at night and I remember calling Victor and being like, oh, my God, what do we do? Can you call your friend? Little did we know that he was with his friend. But the ba the van, like, literally broke down as we pulled up. It was just amazing because we, we pull onto this to the street and we end up at this house. And Victor's there and it's so exciting. And the house is the last building before the beach. It was like 50 feet to be on the beach. I think it was maybe that night that I was walking on the beach by myself beneath the moonlight with the waves and the ocean next to me and I had like fallen in love pretty recently before leaving to go to Brazil so I had a heavy heart for like a lot of the trip and I know I had a long talk with Victor about it maybe not that day but like that time in Floripa just like walking on the beach and being like what do you do when you miss someone so much and he gave me just such good advice of just be as present as you possibly can in every moment so when that's like talking to that person then 
you know, be completely present with that phone call. And when it's playing music, then you be completely present with your bandmates. That image that comes up so often when you miss someone of how the same moon is above you and the same ocean connects you as much as it separates you. The moon she calls to her daughters, come swim in my waters, and I'll take you home. Your love awaits on the other side. I think what is really special about the poetry that Maddie wrote is it's kind of our own translation of the feeling of the song and the meaning that we find in it. So it's an opportunity to share this traditional siranda with a wider audience by including this English part that comes from our own experience and our own hearts. And I think that's a really special thing that music can do. It's something that's shared and it's something that is always changing and um, our perspective is always shifting. But something guided my soul and convinced me to come swim. It kept me afloat. We include Siranda in our workshops. We like to teach everyone to dance Siranda and have everyone hold hands and do this circle dance. To call the fishermen back to shore. Those are some of my favorite moments at our shows. Moving in a clockwise direction and there are moments like the that people walk away from feeling like so is. connected and it's so sweet yeah, i think it just it like makes people it makes music feel communal again kate's going to come down and leave i feel like it's become such like a spectator sport we get asked that a lot of like how is our music received um, and not necessarily our music but our interpretation of these traditional songs and our fusion because we we fuse a lot of different elements together of traditional and pop and and we try and do it with the most respect and this is a way of doing that, right? Like telling the stories behind these songs and, and going deeper. We were invited to perform on a radio station in in Olinda, I think, or in Recife. And we chose to play that song because we know that it's a really well-known uh, folk tune, and it got put on the internet, and after that it was like we got to read all these comments, and I think it has something like between 30,000 and 50,000 views, and it was the first time that we were getting like a lot of feedback online to feel like we were seen and we were appreciated and really lifted up for embracing this tradition was just like a wonderful source of encouragement so um, we decided to continue playing it and it became not only the soundtrack on our tour throughout Brazil but also on our tours since then. So fast forward to 2019 we had made a really sweet relationship with this awesome producer and musician in town named Michael Ramos. Um, and we met him through the Black Fret organization. And he had invited us to come out to his studio and record a track with him. So we did. And at the time, we had not had a chance yet to record Siranda. 
and we weren't sure if it could be on the album and kind of brought up all of these questions again of whether or not the song was public domain or if we could have the rights to record it or if we would need to track someone down. And I think it was on tour the summer before in 2018, I started kind of investigating. I have this friend who lives in Olinda and is very um, prominent in kind of the folklore music scene of the northeast of Brazil and I reached out and I was like hey how can I figure out who this song belongs to and if we if we would need to get permission in order to record the song and have it on the album and he passed me on to another friend and and she was really helpful and immediately gave me the contact information of Dona Zezita and in that moment it all came back to me it was like that that moment that I first went to Praia do Janga. And met this man who was just so excited to hear the song and inviting me to come and meet Dona Zezita. Dona Zezita, você tem que vir para casa de Dona Zezita. And Dona Zezita is the wife of Capiba, the composer of this song, Ciranda e Frevo. He was born in 1904 and died in 1997. Capiba's name is Lorenzo da Fonseca Barbosa, uh, and he took on the stage name of Capiba. So I finally get her number. I called a couple times and didn't have luck, and finally it went through. Hello. Hello, Dona Zezita. Emília. Emília. E eu liguei, né? Eu, eu, eu contatei vários amigos para encontrar o contato da senhora. And e você she was just so full of joy né? and excited to hear that we were recording você. the song. <laughs> and she was like, I don't know, you know, what I need to do for you guys to give you just a hundred percent. Uh, permission to record the song and share it with the world. And so it was just this really sweet conversation with this woman. Maria José Barbosa. You know, now I really can't wait to get back to Pernambuco and go and spend some time with her and and just get to know her. Nada. Até breve. Um beijo. Boa noite. I touched briefly earlier on how culture is represented through music and how you can tell the values of of a community by the songs that they sing. And this is something that we, you know, include in our educational workshops when we do festivals and when we are on tour, we, we like to bring kind of this this element to our performances. So I was curious if anybody else had anything to say about this song in particular and and if we could tell people what it means and what's represented in the song. Yeah, I really appreciate Maddie's poetry because it really resonates with the the Portuguese part of the song. The chorus says, um, you know, I imagine like as as a woman or fisherman's wife is looking off into the sea and says, Now era um peixe, era Iemanjá, dançando a ciranda, no meio do mar, no meio do mar, now it 
wasn't a fish, it was Yamanja dancing Sidanda in the middle of the ocean. And just that image alone is so majestic and Maddie's interpretation and poem without even really talking much about what the lyrics meant. I don't feel like we ever really broke down the song so much to talk about the specific lyrics, but it just kind of has that magical nature of of speaking to the ocean and watching the sea and and sharing more of like a metaphorical imaginary relationship with the ocean and our emotional state or what might be happening in our lives. And so I really love that. It reminds me of our story in, in the last podcast about walking out into the middle of the sea at night under the full moon. It's like using using imagination to to comfort oneself, like looking out into the ocean and allowing your imagination to like run wild to all the places it wishes it could go and, and what you what you see in the darkness and what you see in the mystery, like that longing that a fisherman's wife has to see their husband coming in on a boat or the longing of when you've lost somebody and you look out in the ocean imagining that they could be any place in the mystery and that I think by like talking about Yamanja it's like the similar to saying that you see God in that darkness that you see whatever it is you need to see part of us wanting to go to Iliajita Maraca was like to witness hopefully some of that like magical nature of Sidanda being practiced on a beach and feeling that and I think that there is so much charm in just going to visit a place that where that where that's known to be part of the history and where that's known to have happened so many hundreds of times on that beach and even though you know we didn't get to see it it was kind of like my visit to Praia do Janga it was like you know it was like well that's what it is right now in the modern day but just the feeling of being here you know it's like going to the Colosseum or something it's like you can sense the power of a certain place and when it's through music and just how many circles have been spun and walked by all of the people that live in that community and the generations that have been there before it it all of a sudden becomes so powerful. Yeah, the most magical thing that I think about when I when I think back on that trip was standing in the ocean. Oh, it was like it was so beautiful and it was so sh- like shiny. I remember it was like very gold and sparkly, and we were all excited about it. And and we just like played and laughed in the waves for so long. And that was absolutely the highlight of going to that island. And you know, going to the house felt like kind of a letdown because it was like we were looking for this validation, but we found that in the ocean, ultimately. That it's about the circle and not about necessarily where you are. And that you get to carry, be a carrier of that message and of that tradition and transform every ocean into and every beach into Praia do Janga. Thank you so much for tuning in to our episode about Siranda, our song for the ocean. And all rivers lead to the ocean. So we're going to trace back to all those fresh waterways that sustain life around the world. And our next podcast episode will be about Oshum, our song and prayer for fresh water around the world. Esta 
Subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can dive deeper into the songs and get an exclusive premiere of our visual album dropping May 14th. And remember, we're always just a message away on Instagram at Leyline Sound.